Welcome to Colonize the Ocean podcast, where we discuss oceanic colonization, exploration, and education with your hosts, Adam Jewell and Brendan Traxler. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Colonize the Ocean podcast and video show. Now that this is our second episode of doing the video format as well. Um, like always, I am Adam Jewell. I am the social media manager for Atlanta Sea Colony and one of your gingeriest uh, podcast hosts for the show. And with me as always is Brendan. He is the owner and founder of Atlanta Sea Colony. Brendan, how are you doing? Doing well. And for those that are watching, you guys are seeing a little third window down there. Um, with us is Chad Elwertowski. He has quite an interesting backstory, and if you guys want to look into it, go ahead, because you'll be able to read about it, all about it. But we want to talk more with Chad about some of the stuff that's uh, going on now and in the future, and just um, more about Chad himself. So, Chad, thanks for joining us on the Colonize the Ocean podcast slash the video show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for having me, Ed. I uh, appreciate you getting uh, reaching or not reaching out to me, but responding to me when I reached out to you about it because uh, um, you are kind of a, a big name when it comes to the the seasteading community. You know, um, obviously there you have a interesting history with with that. But um, just in general, like how did you get into seasteading and like how did all that kind of peak an interest with you? Uh, well, yeah, you guys mentioned you you discuss uh, underwater um, colonizing as well. Going back, uh, I think it was sixth grade. I was, uh, that was for me, that was the Cold War time. And my teacher was telling me about, uh, you know, Russia, we're all scared of Russia dropping bombs. <laughs> and he was saying how, you know, every US would drop bombs, Russia would drop bombs and we'd have nuclear bombs all over the world the only place safe is like a thousand meters under the water so you know while everybody else is so like oh we're doomed we're doomed we're gonna die i'm like okay i guess we need to live a thousand <laughs> meters under the water we need, we need to start figuring out how to live underwater because uh you know it's it's, it's nothing i could do about it as a kid but you know it's like start start thinking about life under the water so that kind of has been my interest for a long time i always de designed like uh living in spheres down on the bottom of the ocean right. and uh, thought that would be really cool and so when the whole seasteading concept came up i was like oh cool there's this other other group of people thinking similar similar things um so yeah i followed i back in 2008 i saw patrick friedman give a a speech on seasteading and basically the whole concept of being able to float with your boat, float with your house. You, you kind of, um, well, vote with your house. You, you just, uh, you don't like community. You just take your house and you float to the next community because, uh, you don't like your government. So <laughs> I like that concept for the longest time and followed, followed everything that they were doing. And I was, Fortunate enough in 2017 to 
uh, retire thanks to Bitcoin. And at the time, Blue Frontiers was working on um, their seastead in French Polynesia. That was the plan. So I actually uh, quit my job and moved to French Polynesia to, to be part of their their big project. And unfortunately, that didn't work out. But uh, this, this engineer down in Thailand contacted, well, yeah, we're we're emailing back and forth about seasteading, and so he he basically said, you know, come on down, check it out. So I went down and saw what he, what he was doing. So it's it's pretty exciting because he actually had something in the water already. Um, yeah, most people don't know, but he already had done a concrete version of what I eventually lived in. Um, that was his test first. So he proved the concept with that for a floating spar, and then he, he decided to make one out of steel that was bigger. So that's when I got down there was when he's already started working on the, the steel structure. So now was he now was he associated with Ocean Builders? Is that a separate thing? Uh, it became Ocean Builders as we as as we kind of sat over time. Uh, he was just doing his project. Um, his name's Rudiger Koch. He's a German aeronautical engineer. And uh, this whole thing for him is about uh, going into space. So he's he's a genius on this uh, whole, yeah, it's, it's way beyond anything I, I could explain, but it's, he, he needs to create a hyperloop or he wants to create a hyperloop, which has been discussed by uh, many scientists in the field, and it would be a, just a, basically a way to launch things into the into space cheaply and quickly and easily. Um, of course, he can't build it on land, so I mean, he was in the process. He he works with these uh, superconductors, and he's he's always uh, working on these this project. So he was just building this big. Uh, Thing in the water because he figured okay i'll do a test of like a 300 meter wide um prototype in the water so he was just building a little um watchtower so he could watch the uh the prototype as it was being built um so as he was <laughs> he was working on his uh space program and i was like you know how about i just live in the thing because you're gonna be gone <laughs> and you know, I can just live in it. He's like, oh, that's cool. Kind of <laughs> helps him out. He didn't want to just leave it out there sitting. Nobody, uh, nobody in it. So, uh, and I, I was, he, he kind of contacted me because he's like, I'm building this thing and you guys, you see stutters are, are just talking about stuff. It's like, you know, you should really, you know, see, see if this is viable for sea studying. So I, I went down there and I, I kind of got excited about it. It's like, yeah, let's let's do this for a sea study. So, so with the with the designs that are out there right now, which are absolutely beautiful, um, who, who, is that his design? You know, how do those come around? Well, we took what we created in in Thailand, which was kind of a prototype. Uh, we proved the concept. So, uh, the genie's out of the bottle. Um, the ocean is is ready to be lived on it's a uh, real estate out there so um 
once we proved it. Uh, and that's most of the comments we were getting is was, you know, I don't think I can live in a six meter wide box basically is what it was. So uh, we definitely wanted it to look better. We had a, we had our our current CEO Grant Roman. He come out and uh, he stayed on the seastead with us, and uh, he he was ready to. Uh, he's semi-retired as well. He was, thanks to the Bitcoin as well. So he was uh, he wanted to get involved with the project, and he but he always wanted. He's like it needs to be sexier. It needs to be sexier. So. Uh, his plan was to buy a couple and make um, like CB and Bs out of them. So he said, you know, if I'm going to rent these out, I want them to, I want tourists to be able to say, okay, yeah, I want to go live there or stay on there for a week or whatever. So he, he worked with um, architect uh, Cohen Ottenheis. I, I probably said that wrong, but it's uh, this guy from, uh, the Netherlands. He's a uh, he. He designs um, just floating, floating vessels in the Netherlands. There's a there's a boat down in Miami. Well, it's not really a boat. It's a floating house in Miami that uh, sits up on stilts. Yep. You guys probably saw that yep. one. So mm -hmm. he he designed that one. So he he helped us design uh, this new version. Very cool. So, so we in the past, you know, talking about seasteading, we've had Carly Jackson on um, a podcast okay. early, one of the first episodes we got got her on because we've been talking to her. So, you know, we got her side of the whole seasteading thing, but you know, hers is very different from from what you what your thing is. And going back to you know, you're interested in in underwater colonization and living underwater and stuff like that. So, what were you watching uh, to get into? The, I mean, obviously Patrick, but how did you how did you find about him? Uh, oh, I was I was part of the Ron Paul revolution. Okay, Very <laughs> I was cool. on the Ron Paul forums, and everybody's talking about uh, different ways of being free. So gotcha. I mean, that's that's how I found out about Bitcoin. I found out about seasteading. So yeah, that's uh, is interesting that the same year is 2008, 2009 that seasteading and Bitcoin are born. You know, basically the same year that uh, Ron Paul's advocating liberty so he's definitely sparked something worldwide by running Very cool. it's kind of it's kind of funny how one of the common themes when it comes to the seasteaders that we've talked to and just a lot of the people in general that we we talk with when it comes to uh, just underwater colonization or whatever is one of the the key uh similarities is libertarianism it seems and there's a lot of a lot of similarities in that where it's just people kind of kind of wanting to live free whether it's you know, seasteading or like what we want to pursue underwater um, structures and stuff. It's kind of funny how that's one of the, the common themes amongst all of us. Yeah, because there's there's no options. I mean, no. there's there's also been, uh, I mean, I've been involved with it quite a bit. So there's there's also the the extreme socialist, almost communist side as well. But I'm I'm all for it. It's like create your your communist seastead. We'll create our libertarian seastead and you know enjoy it nobody needs to <laughs> to fight over it and as long as you have a choice uh, it's all good yeah it's, it's definitely been uh i mean it's, there's a vacuum i guess 
that's being needs to be filled. Yeah. Right. And I think with the polarization of politics, especially in America, if not everywhere, it's becoming, you know, people are looking for something. So I think that's definitely helping. We're, everybody's here at the right time at the, at the wrong time, I guess. But, you know. Right. So that's very cool. Um, yeah. I keep, I keep uh, wishing I was still out on that, that seastead, you know, away from all this madness. But uh, unfortunately, yeah. uh, didn't work out. How's, how's Panama? Uh, I love it. I mean, it's... Uh, I'm living on the, the water right now. Um, yeah, we're under total lockdown, but uh, for me, it's not that bad. I'm, I'm always at home anyway, and Nadia's always cooking her great meals, so um, it's not too bad for me, and we're still working. We're um, we're putting up the building. We're, we're building a factory, um, which actually I started thinking recently uh, about the underwater stuff, and I definitely need to contact um anybody that wants to start building underwater because we're building a factory we've got a 3d printer it's the largest i guess we can say it's the largest in latin america <laughs> it's a 20 foot by 16 foot um eight foot tall so we'll be able to build molds and use that to build our uh um fiberglass structures around it yeah as soon as i saw that you guys had a 3d printer i started drooling it's like, yeah. I could print some, build some cool underwater habitats with that sucker. And yeah, right. so, yeah, so definitely I had something that, you know, let you guys do your little thing, but I definitely, you know, I said, I was even telling Adam, I said, I wasn't going to mention this, but I said, man, I got vacation. I'm going to go down to Panama and just hang out for a little bit, you know? Yeah. But yeah, no, exactly. that's very cool. No, I, for all of these seasteads, I've always wanted to do like maybe a half dome or something on the, the bottom of the, the water under the seastead so everybody's yeah. like you know hanging out at their seastead they do scuba diving down to the bottom and have like a bar at the bottom that's cool <laughs> very Just, cool <laughs> you could jam out and you know, crank up the music it's not gonna bother anybody <laughs> right <laughs> yeah definitely yeah we'll, we'll need a talk or something like that because yeah i definitely, <laughs> want, I definitely want to check that out at some point in time so that's cool right it seems it seems like underwater solves a lot of the political difficulties that we're running into because uh especially if you're mobile yeah um there is i did uh as i was researching all the laws which you know thailand claims i didn't know any laws but i, <laughs> I was researching all the uh unclos uh, laws of the sea uh one of them said that if you're in a submarine uh, and you're within the territorial waters you have to be um not submerged, uh, opposite of submerged, but on, on the water, you have to be up over the water. So, because we were, uh, that was going to be one of our our options for getting to the seastead. Because uh, once we got out there and we were living, we we're like, how how the heck do we park our boat? <laughs> because right, yeah, we have a great great concept for architecture of a house to sit in the open ocean, but. Uh, your transportation so i was like we need to build a submarine <laughs> and just go out there in the submarine and then uh but that's that's when i read that we would have to be floating on the surface within territorial waters which driving probably driving a submarine on the surface is probably not that fun <laughs> um, it's probably very bumpy and it completely defeats, defeats purpose, it defeats purpose then, yeah 
not much of a submarine at that point. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's kind so, of go ahead. Yep. No, so that's I was definitely definitely think that's uh, underwater, and and we're I mean, Panama is not like we're we're not doing true seasteading. Uh, I consider seasteading as having some sovereignty or some freedom. Um, we're focused mainly on the the engineering, the manufacturing, the the process of the let's build things and sell them, and um, develop the concept a bit more. Um, we're not going hardcore like we did in Thailand and just going for it, going out 12 nautical miles. Right. Uh, so we'll be we'll be in in the shallow water, uh, four meters or seven meters deep. Um, in the leeward side of an island. So we're um, fairly protected as far as the waves go. So we're, we're mainly focusing on the, just getting the house right. So, so we're actually to a point where people would want to live in this, um, get it sustainable, get all the, you know, the, the power and everything, getting everything working first before we start going worrying about the going out 12 nautical miles and going worrying about the sovereignty part you are on Let's the atlantic side right right yeah what which is a bit more difficult because um panama is weird because it's it goes kind of east and west so we're on the northern tip of panama and the further north we go the more we get closer to the hurricane zones um I initially thought the Atlantic side would be fine because we could just go east and um, go further, further and further east. But yeah, Panama is kind of weird. It's if we were going to straight out right here, we'd be we'd be going north. So we can't go too far north. And and the waves over here are are really uh, probably too too much for um, having having our spar. It's not like the Adam and Sea where the, the highest waves are two meters a year. Um, here, the highest waves might be three or four meters. So we'd have to build really much bigger structures and having lived in it, I, I just, I wouldn't recommend living where you have four meter waves. Yeah. Unless you have something um, to dampen the waves. That's why I keep thinking about, oh man, we should, we should do something submersible. Yeah. Uh, there's also the option. Um, we are considering um, working with the Panamanian government, and just like they did in French Polynesia, get some sort of a special economic zone or some sort of concession that we can start working on um, having a small community and all that. Very cool. Very cool. Um when you were talking about studying all the, the laws and stuff along those lines, is that the hardest thing that's been as far as this whole thing is, is the legality of everything? Uh, we, I mean, we knew being 12, over 12 nautical miles out uh, would give us more freedom. We wanted to, you know, check the laws to define, okay, how much freedom and, I mean, the reality is uh, the project was all about uh, getting uh, Rudiger being able to do his experiment. So, um, yeah, we, in, I've 
I, I had no no reason to do anything that was not legal on land myself. I just wanted to to test out the concept of living in the ocean. Right. So it wasn't so much we were worried about um, what could we do. Just we just wanted to make sure that we weren't breaking any laws. And like like with the submarine thing, <laughs> had had we built a submarine and we're driving under the ocean, then then yeah, definitely we would have been uh, breaking laws. But uh, so we want to cover races. Being over 12 nautical miles, you don't, you're not under territorial laws, but you are still under. You're in the contiguous zone, which means you can't, um, you can't harvest uh, oil, and you can't. We couldn't even do uh, like commercial fishing which we had some people that wanted to do a fish farm so we we're like okay well you have to you'll probably have to get a license and work with the government to do that so but there was all these things that were just like well that's that's nothing we'll ever do uh, one law was you can't interfere with customs like uh okay no problem <laughs> <laughs> but, you were going to get in front of some boats and tell them what they could and couldn't bring into the mainland yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it was there's so few laws out there that we need to follow. And there's also more laws out there that you're, um, you're kind of, it makes things difficult because uh, governments can board your vessel if they suspect something or whatever. So it's, it's a different, uh, different world in the maritime law area, but uh, you know, we, I think we're focused on the engineering at this point and let the, let the lawyers hash out. Actually, we, <laughs> we, we discussed once in a while with uh, Tom Bell of the Seasteading Institute. He chimes in on, on some of the, the matters and he mentioned how a lot of this is just sorry, my dog's going crazy. <laughs> a lot of this is just unknown because it's unknown territory. We've you know, how many, how many houses have been built in the open ocean that right. have had to have some legal process go through. So we would like to actually be able to address all this stuff uh, in court and define some things, but uh, uh, that likely will come, but until they, at, at the moment, we're still, they have a case open on us, so it comes with a death penalty, so we're not going to be going <laughs> yeah. to court. Uh to argue whether or not a house out in the middle of the ocean constitutes anything legal <laughs> until they sure. aren't trying to basically kill us. Yeah. Yeah. That, the, uh, it, you know, one of my questions, it, it kind of segues into this, but, you know, being a pioneer in any field comes with tons of unknowns and tons of risks too. Um, so being sort of this pioneer into this new, this new avenue, is there, you know, any suggestions or advice or anything you would give to somebody that maybe maybe it's not seasteading, maybe it's space exploration, which has got a whole lot more traction on it, or even underwater colonization. Was what would you tell somebody? Uh, I would just I'd just say incrementally, just do it. Do do the smallest viable thing that you can do. Like with uh, underwater, like I, I wanted to build a dome, maybe three or four meters wide and just just go underwater and <laughs> see see how it is and 
uh, test things out because uh, there's such a learning process of doing something new. Uh, you don't, I mean, like I said, I've, I've been doing seasteading or involved for over 10 years. And once we're out there and we're actually doing stuff, there's just all these little things that you don't, don't know about. So um, do something, do something super small <laughs> and just do it. Um, otherwise, um, yeah, I, I keep seeing these super mega structures that get planned and seasteading and I'm like, that's yeah. don't even, there's no need to even talk about it because it's, you know, unless, unless you have the one floating platform out there that's 10 feet wide and you're, you're not even getting started. Yeah, that's I've, I've said that about underwater. I said, you know, call it that on multiple occasions. I've said the reason they don't happen is everybody's got these grandiose ideas of these giant things. And it's like, you, you, no, you're not laying any foundation here. It's just all talk at that point in time. And yeah, right. it looks great on paper and it's really pretty, but whatever. And, you know, similar yeah. to you, it is I came up with this idea back in 93, 94, when I was in, you know, whatever grade that was, uh, 11th, 10th, 11th, something around there. That's where I came up with the idea of the, the dome as well and started drawing and started researching and stuff pre-internet days so we didn't have all the information we have now at our fingertips to, to really look it up. So it's interesting right. that you had a very similar, probably around the same time. I'm not sure how much age difference we got here, but yeah. That's yeah, very right. cool. Which uh, our engineer, um, Rudiger, he suggests not doing it um, curved and not doing it uh, dome-shaped. Um, yeah, I, 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 sh I shied away from that, you know, probably 15, 20 years ago as far as in the designs, just, you know, at least at this point in right. time. Down the road, maybe, but right now, just, no. So. Yeah, there's, there's probably a way using computers and um, stress testing, whatever, everything, but, uh, yeah. But, you know, oh. I think it would be, it'd be easier reaching the the ultimate goal of you know freedom if especially if you're mobile you're under the water and you're mobile and you know if some country starts i don't know they're they're like oh no there's somebody far out under the water that we can't see that's uh, doing some, you know living free we can't have that uh and then you know first news article that comes out where they start claiming your your scary people then uh you know something about boom, that next week you're, <laughs> you float it out yeah. next week you're floated out of the next country and uh when you know the, the uproar finally they let's go get them and then they go over to wherever you were like oh where are they where'd they go i think uh one of the, the important things with both seasteading and what we're trying to do with underwater colony is that both communities even though it, in a sense, we're all one big community as far as living independently at sea, whether it's above water or below, that having a big enough community that is willing to support you or that wants to pursue it themselves, then you have a large enough, I guess, uh, populace that's willing to, you know, defend you and like back this kind of thing up. Because I mean, the fewer people that are doing it, the less it's known. And like you said, when a news article comes out, the, the wrong message is going to get portrayed about whatever's going on because there's not going to be that, that group of people behind them to, to back them up to where, yeah, I could easily see 
that kind of thing happening, no matter where you go, whether you're in North America, South America, wherever, that if someone just doesn't feel comfortable with what you're doing, that they're going to write their own narrative about it. Right. And, and being, being libertarians, we're also going to have the crazy ones come out too and do some (laughs) really crazy, weird stuff that uh, it's a little uncomfortable even for us. So yeah, Adam, uh, Adam and me have had that conversation multiple times. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so. there was. I, I was part of the Free State Project as well, and uh, they, we actually we formed also a Free City Project for Grafton North, New Hampshire, and uh, we were you know all talking on, on discussion groups like yeah let's let's buy a bunch of land in this little city little town in New Hampshire which. Uh, eventually word got to those guys that, you know, they're, they're coming to take over our city and all the locals were in a big uproar. And one of the more vocal members of the group, uh, I guess he ran, a some sort of mail order bride company out of Puerto Rico. And he was just, he was just way out there and he was <laughs> talking about, Oh, I have a list of all status and you're going to make my list and you're making my list. And he <laughs> had his own website of all, all the bad things he was going to do to all the statists in that wow. little town and he just made us all look so bad so uh yeah that's i <laughs> uh, i think for, for company moving forward we're, we're trying to be apolitical um just by and and i tend to uh fortunately or uh not the mainstream media i, I tend to only do do uh, interviews with the uh, alternative media because uh, mainstream media, um, they know I, I like freedom. So yeah. they focus <laughs> on that and nobody in the mainstream media understands but that freedom is good. So um, I hand off the, the, main, the MSM interviews to the mm-hmm. CEO and he gives them the pretty nice pictures of what's to come and the, the technology and all that. So um yeah, I, we we try to be apolitical from for now, but uh, you know we sometimes we there's no running away from it. <laughs> exactly. And and like you were saying, and I, I've kind of I've shot myself in the foot because it's like, yeah, I can't I can't be covert in my <laughs> my way of saying, oh oh no, I'm just like you. I'm a regular guy who likes. <laughs> government and all that no you don't have to paint me into a corner of being this guy who likes liberty like it's too late i've i've <laughs> i've shown my cards and like you were mentioning with ocean builders you know just we're focused on the engineering and in a similar way that's kind of our philosophy is we'll build the habitats you do with what you want to do with them at that point in time you can do what right. you know you know we're just wanting to you know be a catalyst in ocean colonization like, you right. know, obviously underwater, but you know, do you want, we'll sell it to you. You can do what you want to do with this. It. It's kind of philosophy we're looking at with the whole thing. Obviously we're still not hundred percent on that business model, but that's what we're looking at. So similar to what looks like what ocean builders is doing. Yeah. We, we want to stay definitely apolitical. We're building houses. We're just, that's all we're doing is building houses. So. <laughs> yep. I was also thinking um, with the underwater habitats, because a lot of the difficulty with that comes from electricity and how do you get the air down there? Um, if if you're in cooperation with a 
a seastead that's on top of the water. Uh, you're, they're just feeding down the electricity, feeding down the uh, oxygen, all that. Uh, you could always detach from, you have like little yeah. thing you can detach and like, okay, it sucks here. I'm going to go move to the next seastead and be <laughs> under them. So I can see definitely a, a coordination between the two types of uh, living. Yeah, the sea setting institute, you know, in the sea setting in general, I was completely unfamiliar with until just a couple, I don't know, two or three years ago. It was actually my mm-hmm. dad, he was told me about Peter Thiel and his right. involvement and stuff like that. And then, so that's how I got involved with the whole thing. And I was like, man, I wish I knew about this years ago, but very cool. Right. A lot of the same technologies and stuff can be partnership between both of them. So, yeah, it's, it's, right. it's very interesting. And then, if, yeah, if there's like a hurricane coming, it's going to or even just really bad seas, like it's going to destroy the homes or it's going to be really tough up on the surface. Like, okay, hey, yep. come on down. <laughs> yeah. Stay down with us. Exactly. That, that's been one of the coolest things since I've been a part of this is just being able to um, build that relationship with the seasteading community and being able to learn from them and just make ourselves aware to them too, you know, and, you know, talking with people like you who are even through this interview, you're giving us, you know, a lot of good things to think about and talk about too. So, I mean, that's, that's, what's been awesome about all of this. Yeah, I went to a, a meeting in French Polynesia in Tahiti uh, of a underwater community. So they, they're also working on it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was mainly in French, so I didn't really understand, but. Uh, <laughs> Which one was that? Uh, I, have, I have no idea. Okay. Uh, I think it was a French group, so. But they had cool pictures and yeah, like yeah, that sounds cool. Okay. Um, yeah. So you know, we're talking about you know the media and stuff along those lines. What do you think is one of the most misunderstood aspects about sea setting for people who are coming on? What's a you know? Um, let's see. Well, the biggest one that always comes up is what about the pirates? What about mm-hmm. the waves? So, yeah, it's a uh, the pirate thing. Is, is the thing that I always everybody always focuses on. Come to find out the yeah, the navy is the pirates. So yeah. <laughs> but, uh, And all these but, all these things are answered on the uh, the ocean uh, is it Ocean Miller side or is he setting has answers to all this stuff on their YouTube channels and social media and stuff anyway too. So Yeah, Sea Setting Institute does uh does all those yeah. answering all the questions. Um yeah, it's it's hard with the the pirate question because if you if you indicate that you're willing and able to defend yourself against pirates, then the navy start wondering if you're a threat. <laughs> it's like, oh, they're they can protect themselves. Oh, they can protect themselves from us too, probably. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of yeah ride that line. Right. <laughs> so what's what's in the future now for you and seasteading? Like, what do you, obviously you're doing some work with the, you know, uh, engineering and construction of the, of the new style and whatnot. But I mean, what's, what's your long-term plan and what's, what, what are you, what are you hoping to see here near and far future? Uh, near term, uh, we should have this summer built the first, uh, first home. Um, we call them sea pods. So we'll have one built like the model we're hoping by August or September. 
and then uh, we'll be able to start replicating them. We're hoping to do maybe one a month, uh, but um, I'm not sure if we're ready to discuss it yet, but with this whole pandemic thing and the reaction of the government, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're wanting to ramp things up quickly and we're kind of understanding that most likely the cruise ship industry is going to crash hard and we think that we could leverage that thing a uh, cruise ship um cheap like like almost for steel <laughs> this mm-hmm. price of the steel cheap and get started i mean we need to like like i said it'd be taking like a month or so per home that we're building here so if you think in one year okay we have 10 homes that's that does nothing for all these people that are like oh my government is <laughs> oppressing me and i need to get out and go somewhere right so we're like okay let's look into buying a cruise ship and uh work with uh panama to see if if they can set us up a a sea zone to to allow us to to do that so um that's one of our strategies but use this cruise ship so that we can build have people that can help us build more of these homes so um yeah a lot of different avenues and uh even with our building our sea sea pods uh we will looking at building and hopefully get get faster and uh be able to build more because I think basically all we would need to do if we had enough demand is just buy another printer and mm-hmm. build another building. So you just expand. And as we, uh, we do plan on um, doing a deep, deep water version out in open ocean. We actually just put a prototype in the water last week. And I put the, I just created a video and put that out on YouTube and library. But the, the we have a deep water version that we want to make it uh, <coughs> dynamically moored. So you have like six motors on it so that you can stay in the relative same position while you're out in, you know, you could have two, two mile deep water and you're, you don't have, don't have to anchor because you can just be on the surface. Right. So we're, we're working on that. We're also working with these guys out of St. Lucia that are working on a wave dampening device uh, that produces electricity. So Very cool. as, it, as it hits higher waves, it dampens and also makes electricity. So um, we want to, we want to be able to be in the open ocean while using those guys to dampen the waves so that we're not in the, huge five meter waves we can be in two meter and be just fine so a lot of fortunately there's there's a lot of people in seasteading that are finally finally getting the point like okay we can let's start doing things so uh, there's engineers out there like let's throw out a prototype so that's all oh. i've always said i wanted in in french polynesia i was getting frustrated with all the the talk and the politics i was like okay just just stick something out there. put a put a barge or put a floating dock in the middle of the water and let's all get started because i know people are they're really excited and they want things to happen um, we we have a 
well, not right now during the lockdown, but when it, it gets lifted, we have a uh, maker space here um, for for people. Uh, we we rented a house that uh, has six rooms, so we we want volunteers to come down and start to you know a little incubator house, start your business and get things going because we we we're all about making things fun. <laughs> we're all about doing. Like okay, we we've talked long enough. It's time to start doing things. Right. Um, I'd like to volunteer my services. I have an extensive background in lean manufacturing as far as like being able to to build uh, build things and build them efficiently and quicker. So, I mean, if you're nice. all about once uh, you get um, get all that going and you want to figure out how to run or make your factory run faster and get more product out, I'll gladly quit working for Brendan and I'll come down and <laughs> help you out and <laughs> do whatever awesome. <laughs> i don't know if my wife and kids right? would like awesome. it but i mean i'll work a way out yeah <laughs> yeah i mean just invite them down to panama yeah. well, i mean i want to be able to enjoy the time yeah <laughs> so i'm not gonna let i'm not gonna let them watch this by the way <laughs> um so you know, one thing when we started this thing, you know, I said so I didn't want I didn't want to talk about certain things because I'm sure you're tired of talking about them. So is there anything that you don't get to talk about in interviews and stuff like that that you that you have a passion about that you you like to get out there? Maybe not. I just want to throw it out there. Um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so sure. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> fine. It's this question I ask everyone, once so well, nobody doesn't have an answer for it, but I'm just curious if somebody's like, man, nobody ever asked me this question. I want to talk about this, or there's <laughs> a passion I've got that I think, you know, which I think we've kind of dug into anyway, just the conversation as it is. So, but yeah. Yeah, there's there's one, one aspect of it. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have come across this part of it yourselves, but uh, we've been working on, um, you, you've probably heard of BioRock. We've kind of enhance the uh, concept and uh, we call it coral creep. So we're, we're actually have a experiment going right now. We, we did some experiments in Thailand. Um, it's basically running electricity through uh, some, a metal mesh, which attracts the calcium carbonate in the mm -hmm. um, water and it, um, it builds basically rock. And if you put uh, coral onto it, um, coral actually it kind of thrives on calcium carbonate, which, um, and there's processes of chopping the coral into tiny pieces, and then it grows to the ex exact same size as it it was started as. So there's ways to grow coral quickly, and that way, um, well, we, that's that's part of our process for the the steel because uh, our, our spars are made out, of, made out of steel, that actually protects the steel from rusting. Um, and also, since we don't have to move, uh, having coral on your home is actually it's actually really cool. So mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're both uh, yeah, building. That's why we're calling it Ocean Builders, because we, we feel like we're building the ocean. We're building coral. We're building ecosystems. On the water, so um, plus when we were out there in in Thailand, just the the amount of fish that came to our um, it acts as a fish aggregate, 
so you get all these fish around your home so if we can combine having coral and just drawing fish it's, it's going to make every place that we are just thrive and i think once once people can see this and we can show that you know it's this is basically we're growing cities of coral out in the ocean and as you guys probably know the open ocean is just a vast desert of nothingness there's no no life out there so if we can we're building life in the ocean and pulling carbon out of the air so it's like you know you could be super hardcore socialist environmentalist or whatever and you should still support what we're doing because mm -hmm. we're I actually maybe you don't want solutions to global warming because it's it helps your your narrative but uh right. we're actually providing a solution that could actually do something really good for the planet so um th their models of the carbon better be right because we're gonna be pulling <laughs> carbon out of the air <laughs> you gotta you had to or we talked with carly jackson about the same thing and you you yeah. had to have dealt with it a lot of times when talking about this but same with us, we get this left and right when it comes to our social media is that everybody thinks that seasteading or I shouldn't say everybody, but seasteading or what we're trying to do underwater colonization is going to destroy things. We're going to go out there and destroy <laughs> the ocean. And so it's good to hear like when you come out and say that and like you're, I mean, obviously you've lived it, you've seen it where you can actually create more, build the ecosystem in a sense to where people think we're going to go out there and just throw giant bags of plastic straws in the ocean or something. I know, right? Dumping <clears throat> uh, nuclear waste. That's, yeah. that's the best activity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, we're not doing Bioshock. You don't, nobody, <laughs> nobody watching this video has to, <laughs> to throw right. down in the comment section, Bioshock or Waterworld. Which we get, we get that a lot too. Both yep. of us. Exactly. So, um, I guess, Brendan, I don't have anything else. Is there anything major you wanted to ask no, him? No, I mean, I think this has been a really good, you know, yeah. this has been great. So tell, but like as kind of a, as a parting, you know, tell people how they can keep up with you, how they can keep up with Ocean Builders, just how they can be involved, just promote whatever you want to promote. Floor is yours. Definitely. Yeah, um, just go to oceanbuilders.com. Uh, we have, we have on there, uh, you can sign up for, our incubator house. Um, we have an uh, affiliate program for people who want to help us sell our homes. Uh, we're, we're actually able to, you can reserve your home now. Uh, you just put a hundred dollar deposit either with PayPal or Bitcoin. And we've already got a couple of people reserving uh, their, their homes. So as it's first come first serve. So like I said, we're hoping to have, you know, one every month or two. So, um, if you, if you want one in the next year, if you're tired of your government and you need to get away, yeah, you better better go reserve it. Um, there's a Facebook group, uh, Ocean Builders. And uh, yeah, definitely we, and we're always putting videos up on, with the, through the Seasteading Institute, watch the, uh, the first Seasteaders series. It's, mm -hmm. it's almost to the point of, uh, they have enough time for like a full, full documentary movie. Right, it's quite a long, quite a lot of uh, footage. 
Well, and we'll make sure to throw that in all of our show notes and everything too. link to the the YouTube and all that. But uh, yeah, thanks again for taking time to talk to us. I know things are crazy in the world right now with being locked down (laughs) everywhere. And um, you're obviously keeping busy with all this. So, I mean, thank you for for taking time to talk with us. And obviously we're going to stay in touch because now that we know you got that 3D printer, we're going to we're going to send you some questions here. <laughs> so. Definitely. Come on down. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that unless you actually wanted to show up because we're very unpredictable. We'll, we'll just come yeah, on that door. <laughs> but, but yeah, once again, thank you for, for doing that. Yep. Yeah, thanks All a right. lot. Thanks for having me on. Yep, thank you. All right.